make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that bell icon. Hello, and welcome to Let's Sip and Talk with Freema. So on this great Sunday, the beginning of the work week, I hope everybody's prepared, going to be productive. I hope everybody had a great weekend. And remember what we always say, it doesn't cost you anything to be kind. Compliment somebody, make somebody feel good. We never know what the next person is going through or what mentally they're going through. Anywho, today we have on a special guest, Aries Curry. He's a former NFL player for the Chicago Bears. He's a track star, all that good stuff. So we want to dive in, hear his story, and hopefully he can motivate others. So without further ado, Aries Curry. Hello, how are you? Well, thank you for having me on the show. Good to see you. Thank you. And thanks for coming on. I know you probably have a busy schedule. So thank you for taking the time out to come on and speak with us today. So, Mr. Curry, for the ones that may not know you, I'm pretty sure everybody does. But tell us a little about yourself. OK, first off, um, my name is Aries Curry. If you don't know already. Uh, I was born in a small town in North Carolina called St. Paul's right off of Interstate 95 in between Fairville and Lumberton. So it's Robinson County. Uh, Call it Lumbee Indie Country, Lumbee Indians or whatnot. But I grew up there. I didn't stay there my entire life. My mother, she enlisted in the military after she had my sister and I out of high school. And that afforded me the opportunity to travel a little bit, starting at a young age. My first flight as a five-year-old was to Germany. And man, I, yeah, at five, that was my first flight, you know, on the airplane. And I cried like no other because my ears were popping and I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> I remember my mother giving me some spearmint gum to kind of help with the ears popping because of the right. elevation, but it was not working. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so North Carolina is my uh, is my um, birth state. Grew up a, a Tar Heel fan. I always wanted to go to Chapel Hill and play basketball for Dean Smith. For those that don't know, basketball was my first true love. Oh. I, I started playing organized basketball when I moved to Germany with my mother. That was the first organized sport that I played. So that was one thing that I always saw myself doing later on in life professionally. It, it, it would have started at UNC Chapel Hill, but had the opportunity to go to Germany as a five-year-old. Stayed there from kindergarten to second grade. Like I said, I started playing organized basketball while I was there. My mother then got stationed in Korea my third grade year, going into my third grade year. So my sister and I then moved back to St. Paul's, North Carolina, where I was born at. We uh, we uh, attended school there for third grade year. And at that moment, uh, when we got back, I picked up baseball. So I, I grew to love baseball. My father, 
he talked me into picking up the bat and, and you know the ball and it was something that I was very good at uh, and my mother was in Korea for a year and when she came back she then got stationed in Fort Belvoir Virginia which was Alexandria area northern PA so there I got there my fourth grade I was there fourth grade through sixth grade I got there fourth grade I played basketball um I don't I didn't pick up football until my fifth grade year but fourth and fifth grade I played baseball and ba- um, basketball fifth grade I then picked up organized football is where I first started playing organized football uh played for the Fort Belvoir Bulldogs coach Dave was my first football coach one of the greatest coaches I've had throughout my uh, my career on my playing career during my playing days played fifth and sixth grade I was fortunate enough won the accolades I was able to uh be inducted into the Youth Football Hall of Fame for Fairfax, uh, Fairfax County, Virginia. So right. I had a pretty successful career those two years. I played fifth and sixth grade year. I uh, was also able to, uh, to make it to the Little League World Series my sixth grade year there. But yeah. unfortunately, my mother got other assignments to move back to Germany. So I moved back to North Carolina that summer, and I missed out on that Little League mm. World Series. Hindsight being 2020, I could have been like, Mom, come on, man, let me stay with the coach and right. this little league world series. But I missed out on that opportunity. Uh, then moved back to Germany, seventh through ninth grade year. Once I got to their seventh grade, I realized that they didn't have tackle football. Mm. So I was like, I'm not playing flag football. So right. I, I didn't play football my seventh or eighth grade year. I just focused on football and organized track. At that moment, I then picked up organized track. So I dropped baseball, picked up organized track, and of course, football wasn't an option because they didn't offer it. Right. So uh, just, you know, just was successful in either one of those. I was always pretty successful in what I put my mind to. I was a student first. That was the main thing. Uh, uh, you know, you always get the reputation sometimes as, as being a job, but right. I always made sure I took care of my grades as well, too, as far as controlling your own destiny. That's the main thing, especially nowadays. It ain't like when I was coming up. Coaches, you got so many players that you can choose from out of the pool that they, they just don't have to deal with it. And they're not going to deal with it for you younger athletes and younger players coming up, looking to have dreams and aspirations of going to that next level, whatever that level may be. Right. So, uh, like I said, foot, uh, seven or eight grade, no football, just basketball on the track. Uh, successful those two years. Ninth grade year, I got to high school there in Germany, which would have been Hanau, Hanau Germany, attending Hanau American High School. Well, I then began to pick football back because they had football in high school. However, I, I don't necessarily count that uh, because I think I only played like two games because I was hurt. I got mm. hurt because the coach, he was playing me out of position. I was always a receiver. When I picked up football in fifth grade, I played with the wide receiver position. So he was playing me at the running back position because I was fast. Mm. I, I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> Running in between them tackles, them big boys, they was teeing yeah. off. Of me, you know, so I got injured. I got injured, and I pretty much was done for the remainder of the wow. season. What really type of good. injury, if you don't mind me I, asking? Prima, honestly, I don't even remember it. It was such a blur to me. That's why I said I don't even count that as playing for mm. that year as playing football. So I, I don't even count. It. I can't. I, don't, I know. I know it was lower extremity, like as far as my lower body. I do remember that. I just can't remember which, which leg, right. uh, what type of injury, whether it was a hamstring or knee or whatever it may be i'm leaning towards knee but it shut me down for the remainder of the season so mm. i then got uh ready to play basketball i played varsity basketball over there in um, germany as a true freshman as a freshman in high school uh, mm. 
didn't like I said, basketball was my first true love. <laughs> so I was pretty decent at basketball. I attended Dean Smith's camps because, like I said, I wanted to go to UNC Chapel Hill to play basketball. Uh, the coach, uh, he was my science teacher at the time. I can't, in middle school, I can't remember what his name is now. It's been so long, but he liked me. And so I played point guard, but had a successful career that freshman year. And then after that basketball season's over, I went into the track season. Track season, I was extremely successful. Just put in the hard work during the, uh, during the off season and during the season as far as track practice goes. But I was all Europe in the 100, the 200, the 400, and I came in third um, in the high jump. For, for those that don't understand what I'm saying, when I say all Europe, I'm talking about Germany, Italy, England, and various other countries where military families reside. So as a freshman, I was all Europe, like I said, again, in a one, two, four, and I came in third in the high jump. So I had a very successful career uh, running track while I was in Germany. Mother then got assignment to move back to the States. So she came, she got stationed at Fort Jackson uh, here in South Carolina. That's how I ended up in South Carolina. Knew nothing about Clemson football or USC football because those are rivals here in the state. I was actually a Florida State football fan as far as collegiate-wise goes growing up. Uh, I loved Peter Ward, uh, uh, darn Charlie Ward, and all those boys weren't done. So I grew up watching them. So Florida State was my team right. college football. I didn't know anything about Clemson until I came to the state of South Carolina. But I remember specific, uh, specifically getting here. I didn't play football, like I said. I didn't pick back up football until my junior year here when I got back in the States at uh, Richmond Northeast High School. That's where I attended high school. Uh, the coach who was my track coach that year, he was trying so hard to sign Kenny was name. He taught me a lot on that track, but as far as ironing my, my running mechanics off and stuff, but he taught me some. He was the DB coach for the football team. He was trying so hard to get me out on that football field. I mean, every day I would pass by him in the, in the hallways walking to class. But like, man, you need to come on out here and play cornerback. He wanted me to play cornerback. He didn't want me to play receiver. He wanted me to play cornerback because he was a cornerback coach. Yeah. He didn't come out and play, uh, play corner for me. But I was done with football. Based off the experience I had in Germany, I was done with football. My mother wanted me to be done with football. So I wasn't feeling football. I played basketball. And I ran track my sophomore year. But the success I had alone from running track, I started to receive all types of questionnaires from schools such as Clemson, uh, West Virginia, Georgia, Florida State, you name it all, just for football. And I hadn't touched the football field since my freshman year in high school. So I then go back to my mom just having a conversation with her. I was like, Mom, you know what? I think I might want to pick this football thing back up. <laughs> She wasn't feeling it. Yeah. So ultimately, it was my decision. I decided to, you know, go ahead and get back on that gridiron. It, it played out. Had a successful junior year. Had a, had an amazing uh, uh, senior year as well. And I was fortunate enough to, to choose my top five schools that I chose from where I would attend school that uh, get a higher uh, learning education was Clemson University, the University of Georgia, Michigan State. Uh, which I knew I wasn't going to go there because it was just too cold for me because part of the deal for me was that I had to be able to run track as well too. The, right. coach need, the head coach needed to allow me to be able to free up during uh, football training during the spring to be able to participate and track during the off season. So that was part of the deal for me, whichever school I decided to go to. But yeah. Michigan State, Florida State, and the last one originally was Tennessee. And at the last minute, I switched out and chose USC since it was right here in my backyard. So those were my five official visits. Ultimately, ended up choosing Clemson University just based off conversation that I had with 
couple of other top players in the state. We were tired of all the talent leaving out of the state, going to other schools in other parts of the country. So we was like, you know what? Let's keep the step. Let's keep the talent in the state. And obviously for us, the obvious uh, choice at that particular moment was Clemson University because Carolina, they were just so bad. <laughs> That's how I ended up at Clemson. I ended up at Clemson, played as a true freshman. I didn't redshirt. Uh, had a successful freshman season. Uh, led the team, uh, broke freshman record as far as yards, average per catch. Was able to do that. So I had a good senior, I mean, a, a good freshman year at Clemson. Sophomore year, not so much. I don't know what it was. Probably lack focus. I mean, not even just on the football field, but in the classroom as well. Two grades kind of drop. Not nothing major, but I right. just knew the focus wasn't there for me. That particularly that sophomore year. But uh, you know, uh, I remember specifically having a drop versus UGA down between the hedges at Georgia. Um, and I remember putting that newspaper article on my room in my apartment because it was a big drop. Like if I would have caught that ball, it would have been a touchdown. And that would have made the difference alone in winning that football game. I mean, I beat myself up. I, 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 so. Oh, I did. I was, And I, I always was and am my own biggest critic. So I was like, you know what? That would not be me again. So I put that, I, I uh, stapled it to the wall as a reminder. It was like, don't be that person. Don't be that player next year. So. Going into that, uh, you know, that uh, junior year, I had a new uh, a new drive, new desire, this dream of aspirations and what I wanted to achieve with that football season. I mean, I started off hot, leading, I mean, leading the nation in receptions and yards. Um, yeah. stay at least the first three games of the season until I got hurt. So mm. that, was, that was the type of junior year I was having. Still ended up finishing pretty successful. But then senior year, had a, was still consistent and was able to, you know, come first team all ACC as wide receivers. The first receiver to do it uh, since uh, like Terry Allen days uh, in the nineties or whatnot. And that was a, that was achievement itself. And fortunate enough to be drafted by the Chicago bears in the fifth round of the 2005 NFL drive. So that's, that's pretty much my story in a nutshell. I mean, I'm a small town kid from, uh, you know, like I said, Robinson County, North Carolina, mm-hmm. one of the poorest counties in North Carolina, a single family parent, a single family household. It was my sister and I growing up and my mother, she she did whatever she could to just provide for us and just make sure we had everything we had. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just made sure I did my part. I was always respectful, you know, helped out whoever I can help out. Right. I, just, I, just, I just kept it moving regardless of what it was. Yep. So what kept you motivated aside from that you were very talented? You know, what else kept you want to continue, want to go, want to strive for greater? What else just would you being, Just, just, I like, I like to compete. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I like to compete. Yeah, I'm, I'm very competitive. I like to compete. I mean, I'm humble with my competitiveness, but I like to compete. Yeah. Like, I like to tell a lot of my athletes that I work with, uh, when I was coming through, I didn't look at people that I was competing against uh, per, so, per se locally mm-hmm. i'm looking at the newspapers or internet articles for guys out in california like what type of times they're running what type of stats they're putting up like california texas and florida things like that the bigger states and that mm-hmm. kind of just set the bar for me where i was like, all right this is where you need to be at type guy you know you did your homework yeah oh yeah i was i was always i was always watching other guys as well too so that's 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 what kind of kept me going Okay. So you mentioned that you were injured, you say your junior year in high school? Junior year in high school. You know, I did get injured my junior year um, high school. I fractured my fifth metatarsal. 
which is that 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 pinky toe the right outside on your foot the middle part mm -hmm. of my foot i fractured it running track my junior year so mm -hmm. i missed i missed the remainder of my track season i fractured it running the 100 at region at the region championship down in something south carolina mm -hmm. i remember it like it was yesterday i was running the 100 and i was coming across the line i say about 80 meters into the race i felt like this pop and I was like, I was like this little gallop I had. And I was like, man, I ran straight to, I, I ran through the finish line and immediately ran to the fence so I could lean on the fence. And my coaches were kind of looking at me. They was like, what's wrong? I was like, man, I do not know. Whatever it is, I know it's not normal. So went up in the stands and it was like, well, you know, saying don't make any uh, assumptions just yet. Kind of as the finals come up, trying to try to warm up. I'm down in the infield trying to warm up. I look up in the stands of them. I'm like, Man, this is a no go. Yeah. So what did that do for you done. though, mentally? Because I know, like you said, you were very good at track. So what? How long was the downtime, and what did that do for you mentally? Mentally, it just you know uh, motivated me to just come back faster and stronger. I mean, it was it was I ain't gonna say it was depressing, but it was it was definitely a disappointment because I was the state champion in the, in the four hundred. Uh, my previous year as a sophomore, once I got here to state, and I came in second in the two hundred. So. My goal was to win the 100. I wanted to win the 100 because that sophomore year, I got disqualified in the 100 at Regions because they said that I moved my hips while I was in the blocks. I think they just oh. didn't want me. I just think they didn't want me to win the 100 because I ain't never moved my hips in the blocks. <laughs> I think they just didn't want me to win the 100 because I was a new kid in the state and I was beating everybody in the blocks. Yeah. Nobody was beating me in the 100. I don't care who you was, where, where, where you was at in the state, low country, upstate. Midlands, it didn't matter. I was waxing everybody, and so that was that, that was a goal for me. Uh, my junior, I was like, I'm gonna win the 100. My junior year, and getting hurt, I was like, man, my track season over. It. I ain't gonna be a sucker. I remember being at state and watching the winning times. I was like, yeah. man, these dudes, they they don't got it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. I have it. So it was that 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 alone motivated me. I was like, I'm just gonna come back senior year and be faster and stronger, and, and you know, win the one or two and whatever else I need. And that's what I did. And that's what you did. So yeah. when, when with the football, when it came into play, how did it feel to know that? Because I think beforehand, you know, you're going to be drafted or, you know, you're going to be in the number some kind of way. Like, yeah. how did that make you feel? Oh, it made me feel good. It, yeah, it made me feel good because it was like now this is becoming reality. Like mm. as a kid, you have those dreams and aspirations of wanting to go pro in whatever sports you choose you are you desire to go pro in and i mean yeah. i desired to go pro in all of them track football and basketball even baseball while i played i just knew whichever sport i decided to wholeheartedly focus on that i could go pro in and i felt like i had that type of ability and i was right. like whatever i put my complete focus in i can go pro in that to be getting recruited uh, by scouts, NFL scouts, just the same thing as the, the recruiting process for college. I was like, all right, this is this thing is surreal now. Like, mm. people are, and then getting invited to the combine in Indianapolis, I was like, oh, it's really real it's now. Really, yeah, it then becomes really real, even more real when you get that formal invite. Like everybody that's been through that process knows that formal invite where you go to like that room in the hotel and you sit down with the head coach and the GM and the position coach teams that are actually genuinely interested in you you have like that one-on-one -on -one. i mean they grilling you they ask you all type of past information things you might have got into yeah so that's when you really know it's like okay i could potentially get drafted by it. for me it was it was kansas city atlanta and chicago 
those were the three teams that I sat down with in that room, in that hotel room, like where I met with the GMs and the head coach and stuff like that. So I knew those were the three teams that uh, were potentially looking to possibly draft me. And based off where I was at, I found out once I got to the combine, that same injury that I had in my junior year in high school, it appeared again uh, at the combine, at the Indianapolis mm. combine, when I was getting my MRIs taken and stuff on like my, my, my feet, my knees and stuff like that. It showed us like, hey, you know, your foot is fractured. I was like, hell no, nah, I didn't know my foot was fractured. I was like, I've been training this whole town down in Velocity and Alpharetta. I was like, I was like, I did not know my foot was fractured. So now I'm projected to go from second round to fifth round. So where am I going to land up? You know, so I remember coming draft day and I'm watching it the first day. I was like, second round comes and goes. I'm like, dang, my name ain't been called yet. So I kind of stopped watching it. Yeah, you. It, it became surreal once people really started scouting me, and I was able to hear from those teams. Wow! So when you got drafted, and it's time. I guess there's a training, or y'all go to camp and all that stuff. Like, were you playing immediately um, with the Bears, or, or how did no. that work? No, for my situation, like I said, Fima, I found out while I was at the combine that my foot was fractured. So I remember uh, specifically Kansas City recommending that I had that surgery mm. leading up to the draft and you know my agent and I we kind of went back and forth on that like what that would do for my stock as far as my draft status goes so ultimately we ended up deciding to have the surgery and so I was like the chips will fall where they may uh you know what I mean so that's that's what we did so uh come short that day the second day I get a call from uh you know uh, Lovey Smith and Jerry Angelo I was like, hey we want we want to sign you how do you feel about being a Chicago Bear I, was like, I feel great of course I feel great I was like this is what I want to do this is what I've been doing all my life <laughs> what what else am I gonna say right <laughs> no I don't want to play for you <laughs> right right yeah, now so, did you did you is Chicago Bears you mentioned of course you want to do it but is that the team that your ultimate goal is to go with the Bears or you went with them because it was one of three that know that you know wanted you. That like who did you want to play for? <laughs> I didn't I didn't care who I played for. Oh. I just I just wanted to play football. Gotcha. I just wanted to play football and, and getting paid to do so. That was just a byproduct. Yeah. It was like I said, I, I wanted to compete. I wanted to be able to hey that's the that's the highest level of football that you can go to. And I wanted to be able to compete against the other guys that you've seen like play and I played college football against as well in college. And other guys that were older that I was watching on Sundays. I was like, hey, I'm going to go out here and showcase what I can do against these guys. And that's ultimately what I wanted to be able to do. So it didn't matter what team that I went to. You know, it's it's, it's kind of it's kind of different for NFL. You don't necessarily have a, a, so say, a say so unless you Eli. <laughs> Anybody know know what I'm talking about? Unless you be like, like, nah, I don't want to play for you. Your daddy get involved and stuff like that. But no, I I didn't have no say so. Like it's just this who this is who I'm gonna go with. This is who's calling me at the time. So this this is where I'm gonna end up. Yeah. So how long was the your your career for um, with the Chicago Bears? It was two years. It two, was years. two years. Okay. Yeah, two years. Both years I was on the 53 man roster. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to play much, uh, hardly at all. I, I played like a preseason game and a half due to injuries. I think, and honestly, just reflecting back on it, and even while I was there, I had the opportunity to just learn the ins and outs of the business because I was hurt the entire time. Yeah. My body was just trying to adapt to that environment. You know, I'm from the South, a speed guy from the South. I played football my entire life. Yeah. My body, you know what I'm saying, being a 
fast guy getting up there, opening up, running. My body like, yo, what the hell are we doing this? And this where he talking about sprint. <laughs> we know we not warmed up yet, even though you done adequately got warmed up by the strength and conditioning coach before practice and stuff like that. My body was not feeling it. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I was having dumb, dumb injuries, soft tissue muscle injuries, mm-hmm. like my, my fre- um, not freshman, but uh, rookie year. I remember like it was like because when I first got to Chicago, they were they put me on pup which means physically unable to perform because I had the surgery. So mm. I, report, I report to minicamp, uh, the rookie minicamp. I'm on crutches when I report to rookie minicamp. I, just, mm. I was in the process of getting off of based off the surgery because I had the surgery early on, right after uh, I had the surgery right after Clemson's pro day on my foot, the same foot that I had fractured in high school. I had that surgery. Mm. So I'm still getting over that. So it's kind of like, pup is kind of like being red shirt. It was like, you know, and the thing, the only thing, the negative about it is like it reduces your pay, like what you gotcha. really are supposed to be paid. Like, so it's kind of like it's cut in half type deal. So I'm on physically unable to perform. So I'm just doing all the things I need to do in the rehab, uh, in the training room to make sure I'm good for the season. Uh, I'm working with the DBs after practice during training camp. And then the start of this, and this is my, this is my rookie year, the start of the season comes. And I just stopped doing any and everything. Like I'm no longer doing one-on-ones with the DBs after practice, mm. stuff like that. Like I was doing at training camp. But it's like it's almost like they had the mentality that they they were going to redshirt. They really they didn't need me that year because they had other procedures. They, we had Musim Muhammad, we had uh, Bernard Barian, we had Mark Bradley, we had a couple of other guys. They were going just engaged. They were going to be able to play. So uh, they didn't necessarily need me, although they wanted me to play. They didn't necessarily need me, but. Two of those guys go down like boom. Now they decide they want to start trying to get me ready. Mind you, I ain't did nothing from like September all the way to like the end of October, uh, middle close to the end of October. Now you want to try to get me ready? Me, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm thinking I'm ready to go. I ain't really right. much return to activity type of uh, uh, activity. I go out there, have a great first day of practice. I want to say it was like the second day of practice. Uh, I catch a slant. I catch a slant, get ready to turn up field, plant and turn up field. I slip, I lose my footing, and I strain my hamstring. <laughs> mm. I'm like, what in the world was that? Like, I go to stand up, my legs all stiff, straight. I can hardly, you know, bend my knee. I'm like, it, yeah. like, what the hell was that? So I had a slight strain. That, that put me down for like a week, a week and a half. Came back from that. I remember now it's a little cold. It's in November now. We was inside. We was inside our indoor facility. And Kyle Orton, we was, uh, we was working. We was working one-on-ones. And Kyle Orton threw me a deep pass. He threw me a fade ball. I went to go pull it in with one arm. As soon as I reached out to pull it in, I grabbed the ball, pull it in. I slightly pulled my right hamstring. Mm, wow. So they placed me on IR, injury reserve, that year. So I focused on getting faster and stronger. I stayed up there during the offseason because why would I not want to stay up right. there? They're going to pay me to lift weights. I'm like, yeah, I like to lift weights anyway, so I might as well stay up here and get paid to do it. Get paid to do it. Yeah, so that's what I did. Came back faster, stronger, knowing the offensive uh, offensive scheme better. Uh, and now I'm, I'm in the mix. Like, I'm basically starting in the slot position. Like, say, if we go three receiver set, I'm the guy. Uh, and if Musim Muhammad, he, he wasn't able to, like, say, for instance, he wasn't at practice, I was the number two guy. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm up. Like, I, that's the type of work I put in the offseason. And, man, OTAs, it's like the last week of OTAs. Right before we go home, we take that break, like the end of June, pretty much uh, the rest of July. You know, you report the end of July for uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, training camp. I'm running a route. 
come out my break, it was a square hand. I mean, it was like it was yesterday. It was a square hand, and I slightly pulled my right quad muscle. <laughs> so that happens right before we get ready to go home from OTAs. And one of our good friends of mine at the time, we still stay in contact every blue moon now, Rasheed Davis, he was right there on my tail pushing me as well, too. It was my it was my spot to lose based yeah. on whether I got hurt or I just wasn't performing it. He was able to kind of bump right up in there and just and just fill in. And that's all I'm thinking about the whole time I'm here back in Columbia uh, during the OTAs, like leading up to training camps. Like, mm-hmm. man, I got to get my spot back. I got to get my spot back. I got to get my spot back. So now it's like it's a mental, it's a psychological right. thing. So uh, going into uh, training camp, we report to Bourbonnet. That's all I'm focused about. I'm going to get my spot back. It's like the second day of training camp. Get back to the room. I'm walking up the stairs. And as I'm walking up the stairs, my left knee, I noticed that my left knee buckled. I'm like, man, what the, what in the world was that? And I ain't, you know, I didn't think nothing else of it. Woke up the next morning, my knee is swollen. Mm. So I'm like, man, that's not good. So I go to the trainer and I tell him that he tell you we go to the doctor and sure enough to get an MRI done. I got a slight tear in my lateral meniscus. <laughs> so now I gotta get now I got two days in the training camp. I gotta get my knee scope. So they go in and clean out the the damaged cartilage. Uh I walked out, they, they rolled me, I walked out of the surgery, it was outpatient surgery, but I walked out of the hospital. Uh, that put me, I was down about two two weeks from that, but coming back from that, uh, I, now I'm on the boat. So I go from I go from basically starting in the slot and possibly being number two at the flanking position in June to being on the boat. If you don't know what being on the boat is, no, <laughs> that means that you borderline, uh, you might not make the team. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I remember like it was yesterday, Lovey, he ran into me. I talked to him like going into the cab and he eat breakfast one morning uh before practice. Like, all right, big guy, you uh you need to get it together, you're on the bubble type deal. You know, as a player, man, you already dealing with the injury. There ain't no mess you want to hear. Those are psychological things that you had to deal with. So I'm like, God dang, I'm on the bubble. <laughs> so now I'm thinking like, oh man, I need to do whatever I need to do to make sure I make this team, regardless of if I'm hundred percent or not. But, you know, knowing what I know and knowing what I knew then, we had a good group of guys. And I remember uh, Olin Cruz, he was, you know, he would call him OGK. I remember mm-hmm. telling me, he was like, hey, they don't pay you to play hurt. You know, at that particular time, it didn't make sense what he was saying. The thing about it is, like, a team cannot release you unless you're 100%. Like if you are not hundred percent, they technically can't release you. Mm. So, but I didn't. I wasn't thinking nothing about it. I'm like, man, damn all that. I want to play football, and I need to get on this field. But I wasn't right. I, I wasn't right coming back off off that that meniscus surgery. Like I developed all kinds of knots in both hamstrings. I mean, like golf ball size knots. So, me being a speed guy, that uh, prohibited me from being able to open up and run full speed like I wanted to. And I remember. Being at practice, the coach be yelling at me like, man, Aries run. I'm like, hell, I'm trying, <laughs> you know, and I'm doing everything I could possibly do, going to the training room, getting massages, taking care of my body outside of things that they uh, that they were already doing. And uh, it wasn't working. And it was frustrating. You know, it was frustrating and depression all at the same time. Because I'm like, man, I just want to compete and play football. Like, I had never dealt in my playing career, my entire sports career, not saying that I haven't had stuff that happened, but I had never done dealt with injury after injury after injury like I was dealing with when yeah. I was in I'm like, I'm here at the big dance, uh, my childhood dream, and I can't even perform like I want to. All I want to do is compete and perform, and, you know, on, on this scale. 
and I couldn't do it because I kept getting hurt. I stayed hurt. Right. So long story short, I was able to make the roster. I was able to make the 53 man roster after all that only to end up like the beginning of October, uh, refracture that same foot that they mm-hmm. found that was fractured at the combine. So I got placed back on IR and that was my NFL career. <laughs> so how do you like, I don't know, how do you even feel? I mean, I don't even I was, know what to say. Like, I was depressed, Freeman. I was, I was depressed. I honestly and wholeheartedly can tell you I was depressed. Chicago is already gloomy as it is. My days, I was, I was always either a day early or a day behind. I can't remember what it was, but I was depressed. Like people talking like that depression is real. Like I remember McKinley, the receiver that played at South Carolina, he committed suicide. I had thoughts of doing that myself. So I just wanted to play football. Yeah. I just wanted to play football. And I've had all I'm having all these things happen to me. And I'm like, man, why are these things happening to me? Like I was doing everything I needed to do as far as taking care of my body, lifting weights, doing what I need to do, uh, getting rest, stuff like that. But I just for whatever reason, I just kept having these injuries besides the the fractured foot, they were all soft tissue muscle injuries. And I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I don't get it. So right. it was it was a depressing thing because everybody that knows and that have been in that situation before, it's almost kind of like you an outsider. Like when you hurt and you especially at the NFL level, you know, people make little remarks and stuff like that, because you still get paid. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You still regardless of you don't you on IR now, you still get paid. But like I said, that's just a box right. I don't care about I'm, me getting paid. And I, I want to play. I want to show you that I'm better than you. I don't care about the money. I mean, yeah, it's nice, but I want to play. And I wasn't able to play. And that was mm. depressing. So how did you come out of it? How did you come out of that depression? What did you do? Uh, you I, it, just, it was just something that you just kind of, you know, going back and forth. I had kids, you know, uh, ended up, I was married to uh, to my children's mother at the time, just at the football was done was because the Bears going into my third year, so which would have been the spring of 2007. I remember having a conversation with Jerry Angelo, who was the GM at that time, and I was his pick. He wanted he wanted me specifically. I remember him telling me specifically that they was gonna give me one more shot at it. Like he was like, "How you feel?" I was like, "I think I got it together. Now. I think I'm good to go. I think I got all those little bugs and those kinks ironed out." This would have been like in April of 2007, only for them to cut me to follow the following month. <laughs> so they, they released me the following month. So for a while, even after darn uh, getting like I dealt with that depression during that season, that 2006, 2007 season, I dealt with it even after that. I said at yeah. least a year or two after that, because I'm just like, man, I can't believe my NFL career is over. And once I got released, I had two workouts back to back, boom, just like that. I had a I had a workout with the Buffalo Bills. They were interested in me because the defensive coordinator that left Chicago, he went to uh, Buffalo, and he realized he knew what I was capable of based yeah. off one on ones and seven on seven at practice with Chicago. So he convinced the coach to fly me in. They flew me in. I get there, they told me, oh, "I didn't realize you you weren't that big." I'm like, "Weren't that big, man?" Like. I'm like, you, you see all the, the stats and right. stuff. You got the bio. You like you know my size, stuff like that. So I left that workout, uh, get ready to fly back to Chicago to get a call from my, my agent. It was like, hey, the Denver Broncos want to fly you in for a workout tomorrow. Do you want to go? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to go. What you mean? Do I want to go? Yeah, I want to go. So I flew back in to Chicago, got to Chicago, packed another bag, and flew back out so I could fly to Denver. Went out to Denver, had a workout. It was me and another cat from uh, 
he was from Arizona State. He was a wide receiver as well. We basically had like a mini combine. We did everything. We ran routes. We ran the 40. We did a vertical jump. You know, <laughs> we met with the coaches. The only thing was, and they were talking to us together. They said, man, we didn't realize you were that quick coming in and out your breaks. I'm like, did you not watch the film? Like, you know, I watched my collegiate film or whatever. Yeah. I've been running routes and stuff like this. So they weren't going to make uh, decisions, uh, particularly at that moment, because Mike Shanahan, who was the head coach uh, for Denver at that time, he was out of town. So it was like, we'll follow up with you once Coach Shanahan gets back in town and we'll let you know. I'm like, all right, cool. So they fly me back out that uh, that same day, only to call me back the next day and say, we want to sign. I'm like, bet. So me, you know, I'm thinking, like, all right, I'm, I'm going to show Chicago something. Right. Denver had Chicago on this, their schedule that year. So I'm like, all right, I'm, yeah, I was like, I'm going to showcase them something. So I flew back out there to test uh, – uh, Take the physical and uh, sign the um, sign the contract, so the X rays and stuff, just to make sure everything was on the up right. and up. Only for them to pull the contract away from me because the X rays showed. Remember, I had I fractured my foot again. That's yeah. with the bears. It showed that my bone hadn't completely calcinated by like that much, so they pulled the contract. Oh no! Wow. And that was that was my last. Well, I ain't gonna say my last. I see my last real, real genuine opportunity mm. back in the NFL. Wow. Well, I must say, like you're still here. You know, you didn't oh, let yeah. those thoughts and and everything pull you back. So you're still here to tell it because this will help somebody else out. So right. that's a great thing that came out of all this. And then you still had an opportunity. You still can say you were Chicago Bears. You know, you were right. in the NFL. So hey, I still take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what a lot of my friends would say. It was like, hey man, you can't, you're a part of that fraternity that, you know, yeah. for a long time. For a long time, I used to be like, man, bump it. I don't want to just be a part of the fraternity. I wanted to make, I wanted to leave a mark on the fraternity, yeah. you know. <laughs> but after a while, I was like, you know what? You're right. I was. I said, because it's a very slim chance that you yeah. have the opportunity to make it to that Absolutely. level. And that's that's what I tell these young athletes, athletes that I work with that are so gung ho and they put all their eggs into that basket. I'm like, look, I was like, it's bigger than sports. And that's one thing. I mean, I do training and I work with athletes and I coach athletes now, but I like to stress uh, life after football because that for me had me in just a shamble because I've always had that entrepreneurship mentality. I majored in marketing with the emphasis in sports while I was at Clemson. So I knew that I always wanted to be some type of business owner I just didn't know what that looked like while I was with Chicago and what I was going to do at that particular moment because I felt like I had time. I felt mm -hmm. like I was going to at least make it to my second contract. So for that to just be over like that, boom, I'm like, man, I don't have a real plan. Yeah, right. <laughs> so now I'm like, man, what the hell am I about to do with myself? So what I'm just, I just kept trying to train to make it back to the NFL while I worked little jobs here and there that you know you don't that you're not adequately getting compensated for, make you feel like less than a person. So yeah, I just I just did what I needed to do to provide for my family. So and that's what I did. So you know, I came up with the idea. It was like you know, for our communities, particularly the black and brown communities, it can't be all about sports. It has to be that can't be that that cannot be the end game for us. So many people fall victim for that. And they don't know what they're going to do with their life afterwards. Yeah, you can remain attached to sports through some other type of profession, whether it, be a, whether it be a sports broadcaster, an agent, or, or whatever it may be. Physical Yeah, whatever. You know, a, 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 they got psychology. What is it? A, not psychiatrists. Because uh, when I was talking about the psycho, a psychological aspect, 
aspect of it. They got a little psycho, uh, psychological um, psychological occupations dealing with injuries with sports because that's a real thing too. You know, yeah. you have an injury, even though the doctor's cleared, you was like, are you 100%? He was like, man, I don't want to feel that again. Yeah. <laughs> are you hesitant or are you out You hesitant on continuing because you don't want to feel that pain. Exactly. They got yeah. people that you can go sit and talk to and with it help. That's a profession now. <laughs> and be around yeah, the sports is just not the way you intended on being around the sports. Right, yeah, right. It still works. It still right. works. So I normally ask, and I see that April Jennifer, that's my sister. Um, she said, "Wow, I'm glad you had the support and the mindset to pull through." Absolutely. Everybody's yeah. not as strong, you know. Yeah. So you may not yeah. felt like you were strong during it, but now looking back, it's like you were yeah. strong. <laughs> for me, for, for me, having having kids definitely. Uh, helped out and not, you know, saying going through with that, those right. thoughts, because I'm like, that would that'd be jacked up and selfish, you know, and they were young at the time. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't do that to them. So, and then ultimately, you know, I'm just stronger today anyway. I, you might have those thoughts in your head, but I'm like, I'm not about to go through with that. Yeah, like, what is, like, what does that look like? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 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 like you got to think about everybody else, you know, how right. it makes you feel too, you know? Exactly. Yeah, like, so. so I was like, Regardless of those thoughts come out, I just, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, you're not going to do this. Like, you had that conversation in your head. Like, you crazy talking. But look, I'm not doing that. Yeah. That's not an option. So that's that's kind of what I did. She said kids will give you that drive. They sure yes, will. They will. Yeah, they will. They will. They definitely will. What would you tell, like, um, and this time I normally ask all the guests, for the um, injured high school players or the injured college football players who feel like this is just the end, you know, I'm done or it's nothing else, you know, what would you say to, to motivate them? Um, before you answer that question, April said, how's your foot now? Is it 100%? Oh man, my foot has been a hundred percent since I left Chicago. Like from 2008 on, I haven't had any issues with my foot, no issues whatsoever. I just wasn't afforded the opportunity to, you know, go back to the NFL. Hey. You know, so you I have, like, I, I'm a strong believer. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So do you feel like that? You know, it just wasn't that just wasn't what it is that you were yeah. supposed to be doing. Yeah, I can feel like I think my experience based off what I experienced uh, was an opportunity just to be able to share my my experience Absolutely. and just help athletes. And for me, it, it was because they tried the, the trainers and staff there in the training room. They tried to let me injury prone. But in theory, they just didn't know what the hell they were looking at and what they were doing because it wasn't until I got back to Columbia while I was still training to pursue playing some type of professional football, a good colleague and mentor of mine, he was looking at me uh, at a, a, a indoor arena football workout that I was trying out for the, uh, the New York Dragons was the name of the team. That was before uh, the Arena One League folded when they were paying pretty good money. Cash was making six figures a year in that league before it folded, and they kind of combined it. But he was looking at me one day, particularly at that workout, and he was like, man, you're producing a lot of force. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, have you ever had any foot issues? I was like, you know what? I've actually both feet twice in the same spot. And so what he said was he was like, the type of force that you're generating, once your feet hit the ground, he was like, your foot has to take on all that force. He was like, you need to work on generating that power coming from your hips. Mm. So I was like, hmm. You know, I was like, yeah, so it, it, it like a light bulb went off my house. Like, you know what? I said, like, I need to work with you. I was like, I've been with this, these professional trainers for these past two years. 
And we've been doing all this type of rehab and all they want to do is lay me injury prone. Like I'm not doing what I need to be doing when in actuality, we just need to change up my running form. Like it looked, it looked deceptive, but I was producing a lot of force. Like I would go back and watch a lot of my like one-on-one films at Clemson and stuff. And I mean, I'm throwing grass for you know, like once my foot hits the ground, I dig in grass is just throwing. I'm like, man, I am producing a whole bunch of force. So, we fixed that, and I had no more issues out of my foot after that. Still haven't had no issues. That, but First person ever tell you that, and that's after the fact. After the fact. Wow. And you got you got trainers that that's what they get paid to do, and they can't, you know, they can't come up with that right. solution. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, you look back, it's like, wow, everybody don't know everything. You know, yeah, they don't. specialize in this, but everybody does not know everything. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. So, um, as I was saying before, like when you when you mentor, you know, the kids in the community, when you talk to the children, how are you motivating them? What are you telling them? What gives them that drive when you notice that they just don't have that oomph they need? Well, I keep I keep it 100 with them. Like I tell them straight up. And I'm like, if you say this is what you want to do and you love it, like regardless of where I've been and how successful I've been at this particular age in life. There's no way in the hell that I should be outworking you. Like if you know what I'm saying, I'm a receiver and you're a receiver, and we line up, we race and whatnot, and I beat you. I'm like that shouldn't be happening. If you call yourself a true dog, because if the roles were reversed, I'm not late now. You know, you know how kids are nowadays. Thirty something. Oh, oh, you're an old man. Yeah, oh, you're an old woman. Real you know old. If the roles were, <laughs> we're reversed, now old people. <laughs> 18-year-old 18, 18 Aries, 17-year-old Aries wasn't getting beat by no 30-some-year-old man at anything. <laughs> I was dunking on I was dunking on soldiers at that age. You know, I'm not letting no grown man beat me in no foot race at that age. I'm in my prime. I'm young. Right. <laughs> you know, I, get out, I can get out of bed. I ain't got to stretch and go and run a foot race. I ain't got to worry about pulling muscle at that age. But I'm still out here beating high school athletes. But you, quote-unquote, you want to go to the next level. They don't have no work at so I tell them straight up, I was like, you don't have to work at it. So I'm like, you need to keep it real with yourself. And the yeah. ones that I, and the ones that do have it, I try to harness it. I was like, let me help you take that what you have in you to the next level and show you what that looks like to get here. Yeah, Not absolutely. absolutely saying that you're going to get there, but let me help you and give you the tools, the extra tools you need to have, not only physically, but mentally to prepare yourself for what that looks like. And I, I try to give it to them like that's where the whole life after football came into play for me. Life after football, as well as knowing your body. That way nobody can't label you injury prone. Like know what's going on with your body, what you feel, because can't nobody else tell you about your body. Right. And that's a fact. Yeah. Nobody yeah. knows nobody. that you're really hurting, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Wow. Well, that's good stuff. Again, thanks for sharing that with us because that was very powerful because I know there's a lot of individuals that's going through that. A lot of people, again, is not as strong as the next person. So to have somebody that they can actually hear their story and see that they're actually still doing good, you know, you're still positive. You know, you, yeah. you turn that negative into a positive and, and you're giving back in that kind of way. And that's amazing, Aries. I really appreciate you sharing your journey with us. Is there anything else that you would want to put out there, um, you know, that we did not speak about or anything that you just want to put out there in the universe? Well, like I said, I talked about the life after football and what that looks like. What that looks like for me is catch this sports, which is my sports performance training company. Uh, that's how I remain uh, connected to the industry. Mm -hmm. I, I train athletes. Uh, 
those ones looking to, uh, you know, go to the next level, whatever level that may be, middle school, high school, college, pro. Uh, then uh, I'm focusing on uh, boot camps for women. You know, those, you know, you feel good, like Deion said, you feel good, you play good uh, and stuff like You feel good, look good, play good. I know like women, you know, you all about looking good in, in your dress and feeling good yeah. just health-wise. So uh, I'm doing those type of things, implementing those type of things in my uh, my personal training company, okay. as well as just, uh, we have a trucking company, my fiance now, we, we haul freight. So I deal with that and got into the trucking industry. So just things that you can do after football. I mean, there's, it, there's like, if your goal is to be successful and, and be able to provide and leave a legacy for your family and, and leave an inheritance, right. there's right. a number of ways that you can go about doing that. And that's what I'm here for now. I feel like that's what my purpose is to help those, encourage those. And you use football and sports as an opportunity to accelerate those things later on because you're not always going to be able to play sports. Right. It's going to come to an end at some point, regardless if, regardless of if you make it to your second, third contract, it's going to come to an end. So what are you going to do after that? Exactly. You're going to get old. Right. <laughs> it's going to come to an end, hands right. down. <laughs> That's so true. How do one find you if they did want to, you know, the boot camp or uh, train their children or something? How do they contact you? They can contact me on IG. IG okay. at Aries Curry. And all you got to do is type in my name, Aries Curry, A-I-R-E-S-E. Last name Curry, C U R R I E, or you know, feel free to email me first and last name at gmail.com. I'll be sure to respond uh, to see if I can uh, uh, fulfill your needs, whatever it is you're looking for. Okay, well, I appreciate that again. Thank you so much for coming on and taking time out of your busy day to speak with us and tell your story because I'm pretty sure someone learned something from it today um, and feeling a little more motivated on this great Sunday. So as we always say on Let's Sip and Talk with Freema, peace and love. And if you don't peace. mind staying on, um, Mr. Curry, just for a little bit afterwards. I don't mind. All right, thank you. You're welcome.